0: Hello, and welcome to the 26th episode of Breaking Free Podcast, A Body, Mind, Spirit Approach to Mental Health. I'm your host, Summer Seitz, and I'm grateful to be back today and to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, of course, which is healing, and particularly healing from the inside out. Um, I'm going to be talking about the courage to heal and that healing process today. Um, but before I get started, just a little housekeeping. There's been some awesome... Um, changes, just some new tools that I've been able to develop recently. Um, Podcasting is something that I do as one of my, one of my jobs. I'm also a licensed mental health counselor in private practice and I'm also the co-founder of Whole Woman Link. Many of you know that. If you haven't had a chance to pull over to Whole Woman Link and see what we're up to, I invite you there. We are just about to launch our Healed and Freed to Live from Joy uh, online class. Uh, It was the conference that we did this last year, um, in 2019 and early 2020. And um, now, of course, we've recorded it and it's just about to launch. And it is really a good companion to what I'm going to be talking to today. If if this interests you or this seems to speak to you, I encourage you to uh, think about uh, buying that course. It'll be about a a six-hour to seven-hour course that you can take over your leisure and there's going to be tools. It's very um, very well planned out. We took about a year planning that course for you. Um, the other thing I'd invite you to look at is check out Instagram. Um, I'm new to Instagram, but I've been using Instagram as a tool to um, get into the healing conversation. So you can go to find me at Summer Sites on Instagram, or you can go also follow Home One Link on Instagram and also Facebook. And I would just love for you to join in that conversation. Each a week, I have a different topic. I have quotes and ideas there. And um, it's kind of a mini podcast sort of without... Um, and of course the podcasts are also posted there. So if that's something that you do, if you are on social media, I hope you'll take advantage of that. But on to the topic today. So The Courage to Heal is actually a title of a book uh, that I have in my office. And I was looking at that title and and really thinking about that this week and thinking about how um, it's such a true concept that it takes courage to heal. And I wanted to share um, a sort of quote with you that I've been uh, thinking a lot about lately. It's actually written on the whiteboard in my my office. Um, and it says, compassion is an act of courage in that we deliberately run towards suffering rather than averting our gaze. And I've been talking a lot on Instagram and on, uh, on Facebook about empathic failure and how oftentimes what happens is that Because we're not able to deal with our own inner pain, when others experience pain, we do things like change the subject, give quick solutions, and maybe even take over the conversation and say, well, this is what I'm experiencing and and turn it to ourselves because we have a really hard time maybe connecting with uh, the pain of others, especially if it reminds us of our own internal pain. And I've noticed that as a a professional myself, you know, there, I, I actually generally run towards pain, not away from it, but I've had sessions, especially during, uh, this time where we've been experiencing COVID where, you know, there's just enough struggle in my own daily life, you know, helping my children through, you know, the losses of their year. Uh, My son happens to be a senior this year and he's yet to go to public school this year. Um, so my oldest two are doing online school and my, my youngest just got to go back to school, but. I think that we've all been feeling um, the changes and the disappointments of the year not looking exactly as we want it to. And I'm pretty sure that I'm in good company saying that many of us, whether wherever our losses have been, there has been uh, pain and it's hard sometimes to go towards it. We just want to run from it. And so in episode three of um, the Breaking Free podcast, if you've been listening along, I talked about developing shame resilience. And in that podcast, I talked about something from Brene Brown called Shame Shields. Now, if you've already listened to this, that podcast, this may be a bit of a review, but it really fits for this conversation. Because sometimes when there's a lot of pain and a lot of suffering, we shield ourselves from that by doing these types of things, right? One of them is we go toward the pain. And that looks interesting in the sense that we go toward it in the sense from a shame perspective in that we seek to perform or please, right? And we're trying to... Um, Maybe get away from the pain if we if we're good enough, right? In some form or another. Another way is we avoid it, right? We we numb out. We maybe get depressed, um, space out. Um, these are where addictions often come in. And the last that I see, oftentimes, and again, we've all done most of these shields is we go against it. Maybe we blame others. We we get into anger stances. Um, it's your fault that I'm feeling these feelings. All these stances they just keep us stuck, and they keep our pain online. And that's why I wanted to highlight this podcast today and think about um, t- having courage to heal. Because to heal, we actually need courage to face our wounds, right? Um, our partners, our friends, you know, our parents, they can't heal our wounds for us. They can stand by us and they can witness our suffering. And it sure helps when we have someone in our corner when we're suffering, but healing is and always will be your own inner journey. Other people can't heal it for you. I find that it's a sacred space. um, And this is something I often teach my clients as they do their deep trauma work is that's a sacred space. you know, The time that that happened, only you really know what happened to you. And that's the thing about empathic failure with people that we love, when we're not able to really be present with their pain. Um, When we say, oh, I understand, you know what? We don't really understand. You don't know fully what it's like to be that other person. You can say, you know, I don't understand, but I can see that you heard, and I can see that you you know feel these things. You can mirror back to them, you know, what you are witnessing in them, and let it be their their moment to feel that, and just to stand next to them, uh, encourage them, let them know that they're okay, right where they're at. And so, it it takes courage for us to accept our own pain and move into it versus away from it. There's another quote I wanted to share with you as we kind of develop this topic today is. It takes a lot more courage to let something go than it does to hang on to it. Think about that for a minute. It takes a lot more courage to actually let something go than it does to hang on to it. Letting go doesn't mean you ignore the situation, right? Letting go means accepting what is exactly as, as it is without fear or resistance or struggle for control, right? So we, we, we're not trying to... Uh, say to our past it needed to be different part of what healing is is saying our past is exactly as it could be if it could have been any different it would have been right no matter how painful it is that's my past it was what it was Um, and being able to really face it i think a lot of us spend a lot of time running from versus uh, moving into and out of uh, the things that have happened to us in our life and the only thing stronger than fear is hope I want to say that one more time. The only thing that is actually stronger than fear is hope. And that's what we can take with us into these wounded places, right? Healing does not mean that the pain did not exist. It means that we no longer let the pain control our lives. And so that is what it takes courage to heal, right? If if it were if it weren't difficult, it wouldn't require courage, right? There is fear present, but hope means that we believe that maybe if we go into it, we can leave it behind us. It can have a different result that maybe now um, we have different resources or are in a different place in our lives than we were when those painful things happened. And what I find is when we run from, again, those things stay with us, they stay online, and we reenact them. I've been thinking a lot about you know multiple podcasts to come, but I will be talking about trauma reenactment because I've noticed how f- common that really is for us. And how it might be something we need to know more about. But but trauma reenactment is something like this. Let me give you an example. So let's say that this example I read in a book I'm going to discuss here in a minute. Um, the book is called The Choice by Dr. Edith, Allen, Edith Edgar. And I really love her. Um, she was a contemporary with another hero of mine, uh, Viktor Frankl. And one of my favorite books, you've probably heard me mention this before, which is Man's Search for Meaning. But Viktor Frankl was about, I want to say 15 years older than um, Dr. Edith Edgar, um, but they both were survivors of Auschwitz. They both uh, are, are of Jewish descent, and they were both prisoners of Auschwitz. Uh, Auschwitz. And, and um, at the time, uh, Victor Frankl was around 40 years old and already a professional when he was imprisoned, and she was just a young 14-year-old girl. But the choice is her story, her life story of finally facing, not until uh, about my age, I'm 43 She was, I think, around 40 years old before she fully accepted how she was running from and hiding from her very difficult experience. And it's the story of how she finally faced her pain, uh, made beauty for ashes, you know, made it beautiful and really turned it into her purpose. Uh, She's become a very famous trauma psychologist and helped thousands of uh, PTSD uh, survivors. She worked for... um, the military and talking to, um, you know, veterans, those that had, um, you know, PTSD for their war experiences. And so it's, she's an amazing example of what can happen when um, we allow our pain to move us into our purpose. But as I discuss some of these things today, a lot of it was inspired from reading her book. Um, I had the opportunity to watch her. I, I like to watch Super Soul Sunday. I don't know if anybody really is an Oprah fan, but I just I love her interviews. I love her her deep dives with people and the books that she brings out are often really amazing reads. And so I took a moment to read that book when I realized that, again, she was a contemporary with my my hero, Viktor Frankl. So. But when I got into her book, you guys, when I got towards the end of it, I totally realized, um, just like I do, I'm always mindful about what I need to learn. I think humility is the catalyst for all learning. And I recognized that um, this going towards suffering this compassion on suffering was something that even though it's my profession you know I could improve on and I really loved how she was doing her work um, there was a a part in the book where she talked about how um, there was a couple who you know came into her office and um, one of them was was saying um, or sorry there's a, this is a family system I like this one better there's a family system and and the the father was a military officer and the children were, um, you know, there's just a lot of uh, upsetting that the family was not functioning. And, you know, father was saying how the children were out of control and the wife was very subdued and quiet. And, well, she had the children, you know, go out of the room and they drew pictures. I often do player therapy like that. And they drew pictures of the family system according to their feelings. And they showed a very, you know, controlling father, kind of a subdued mother. And then, of course, how they were feeling not heard or uh, connected, so uh, Dr. Edgar took the father aside and, and began to speak with him, and really, you know, approached his pain and came to understand his story of growing up in a home where he was not emotionally heard. Right, where he was told how, how, and what he was allowed to feel, and and how he needed to perform, and and then he grew up uh, to reenact his trauma by, uh, even though he had no control growing up, to right to seek to control his his children and their emotions. Uh, As he had to learn to control his. And so that's a classic example of reenactment of trauma, right? How we bring those things forward. um, And unless we face our feelings, they do not heal. So she taught this skill in the book that I'm going to teach to you now that I think is a classic example of the courage to heal and really what it looks like. Because in my podcasts, I like to give you practical, actionable things, right? So healing is an individual journey. And while no pathways will be exactly like, there are some common principles of healing that repeat, right, for both me and the clients I work with. And those are the, those are the principles I'm going to share with you today. But what I really want you to understand is that it is an individual journey, right? It really is uh, your journey. And these are principles that I want you to think about in where you are in your healing path. Okay. So the skill I'm going to talk about and then I'm going to talk about the principles alongside it is this. First, you need to notice, right? Notice what it is that you're feeling. To accept what you're feeling. We'll talk about checking, checking for like where it is in your body. And then stay. So notice, accept, check, stay. That's the skill if you want to write it down. And I'm going to break this down for you. Again, this comes from the book The Choice by Dr. Edith Edgar. Um, and this is how she highlights moving toward our pain with compassion, this is her skill. Okay, so the first principle that really comes up that we're gonna talk about is taking responsibility for our own feelings and stopping the process of repressing and avoiding them and blaming them on others. Does any, is this anyone guilty here? I, I think all of us are, that's one of those shame shells I talked about earlier. Um, we all have it within us the ability to heal and grow with our feelings without judgment. Um, But that requires us to actually acknowledge that they are ours first, right? And not to push them off. So we have that first step, which is notice. Notice what you're feeling. This is the essence of mindfulness, right? Start by being intentionally aware and curious about what you're feeling versus judging them as good or bad, right? I think we do that a lot. I think we have stories about what emotions are acceptable. Maybe it's not acceptable for you to be angry, Right, because you were taught that was a a bad emotion to have. I find a lot of people have religious ideas around anger and whether it's okay to be angry, right, or okay to be, you know, negative in any form. Um, But you guys, anger is a normal emotion. Anger is signaling to you that you're possibly your boundaries are being violated. um, And all emotions are welcome here in the healing process, all emotions are welcome. The other thing I often see is that we just weren't taught to notice our feelings, right? If you grew up in a home where it was not appropriate or not safe to feel or express feelings, a lot of my, you know, youth clients, I've even had kids that I've worked out of foster care who just did never really have any mirroring. They really had a lot of neglect, especially emotional neglect, didn't learn to name their feelings. And so they don't even know what they're feeling or they have what I call a part of them, a protective part that numbs out anytime they try to feel their feelings because it's trying to protect them from overwhelm. So we'll get into parts maybe more in another podcast, but we have these protective parts and one of them is numbness that will often come up and make it difficult for us to feel our feelings. But when you learn from Jungian therapy is that all feelings go into about four camps. So if you're struggling to notice what you're feeling, well, it's either sad, mad, glad, or scared. So, so you know, again, if you're struggling to get the f- specific flavor, it's going to be in either the sad category, you're mad, you're glad, or scared. Now, mad is a second emotion, okay? So there is something, anger is a second emotion, so there's something more tender underneath it, but you can start with mad and then be curious about what's underneath there. And it har- it helps to start with those four. So you've noticed what you're feeling, right? And the next step is to accept it. Now, remember, all feelings are your own. They're, they're yours to own, you know? Um, you accept these feelings as valid and belonging to you. Um, as we discussed before, the shame shills move them away as if they're not yours to deal with. And we want to go toward them with courage and understand that you, nobody can actually make you feel something. Um, you may be triggered by others, but those feelings are based on your own experience, right? And they're really coming from your own uh, your own story of the world, if you will. So learning to tell the story of healing and empowerment is a huge part of the healing journey. Um, but you need to st- start first by owning that those feelings are yours. Um, okay. So then once we have owned them and we've accepted them as ours, where we know what we're feeling and we've accepted them, then we can move into this next skill, which is check. Where is it showing up in my body? We're going to check our bodies. Am I hot? Am I cold? Am I tight? Do I feel sped up? Um you it's like saying you're welcome here and i'm listening to what you were saying listening is not agreeing with but it's allowing the emotions to tell us their story we accept where we are um if we can accept where we are where it is in our body uh, we can choose to leave it and let it leave our bodies as well Our bodies do keep score, so it is somewhere in your body. And and telling the whole story, body, mind, and spirit, is really important in the healing process because if you accept the story in your mind, but you don't accept it in your body, it it isn't complete. You're not going to be able to fully let it go. So just staying with that, and we'll get to stay here in a minute, it's really going to help. That brings in another principle of healing that I wanted to talk to you about, and that's called neutrality. So neutrality is this kind of non-attachment stance. It's removing judgment. And seeing something, just it is what it is. Recognizing what what makes it good or bad is our perception, right? It's our judgment. So it is what it is, and just be curious about it. It takes courage to recognize um, that we have been um, reinforcing our view, right? We already have um, a kind of a story and a bias, right? That that bias kind of confirms our truth, right? And when we allow ourselves to see information. Um, as really confirming our bias or disconfirming our bias, right? Then we, we have the ability to kind of be neutral, right? Do we have the courage to take a step back and open, be open to know what we do not know? I often say in this podcast that humility is the catalyst to all learning. Um, and it's such an important part of the healing art. Learning to witness ourselves, our feelings, our thoughts as separate from us um, they lead us to a greater love, compassion, um, and and then we can kind of view them. Are these moving in the direction of my highest values, right? Are, we, are they moving us towards that love and compassion I just mentioned, right? And we can remove the right or wrong conversation for a moment um, because we all have stories that confirm our bias. The truth is, in your mind, you're going to be right and others are going to be wrong, right? So that's why this neutral stance is so helpful in in the healing process, because it allows you to step back and say, "Okay, maybe I think I'm right, and maybe I have a story that confirms that I'm right." But is this allowing me to develop a better relationship with my wife, or my 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 children, or you know, my husband? Um, is this allowing me to move towards love and compassion and healing, or is it moving me further away? And um, that's an important question, right? That'll help you understand um, if is this something that maybe needs an update, right? Part of neutrality is something called self-compassion. So let me pull into this for you with a minute. If your compassion does not include yourself, it's incomplete. So many of you, uh, especially my, my, my trauma friends here who are listening to this today, are often giving to other people the very thing that you desire. I often, often see that with my clients that have trauma. It's like, I'm listening to others. I'm serving them. I'm you know, maybe you didn't have material things when you were growing up, so you're bringing material things to them, or you didn't have somebody that was loyal, so you're a very loyal friend, Um, but they're often not being that thing to yourself because you just have no model of it. You know what you want, so you try to give it to others, but you have a hard time being that for yourself. Um, So the three components of self-compassion look like this. Mindfulness, right, that inner awareness. Common humanity, right? The idea that you're not isolated alone, that other people struggle like you do. It's okay to struggle where you struggle. That self-kindness, like we talked about, right? Be that friend to yourself. And then the one that other thing I'd like to add here is the truth, truths that help. Suffering is temporary, temporary. It's part of our learning experience. So that's another part of compassion, right? It may be showing up for us, but not against us that we have these difficult things. And so knowing that something is temporary is also helpful here. All right. So that brings me to the last part of the skill today, which is stay. And this is the whole reason I did this podcast is because a lot of us don't stay with what we're feeling. One of the biggest pieces of reenacting our trauma is that, again, because it's we don't often feel it's okay to feel what we're feeling. We don't want to feel it. Uh, there's a fear that if we go into that feeling, we'll never leave it but it's actually the opposite. When we arrive at a place, especially in, our, in a time when we're now more resourced, we're actually able to bring to that experience the love and the compassion and the resource that we didn't have at the time that we experienced those negative feelings, right? So we want to learn to follow the feeling and tell its story. You will notice a rise and then a fall in your feelings when you do this. But what I find is that people aren't willing to stay with it I've had that same experience. I'll have a really deep session with someone, you know, on a, maybe a part of their trauma, a specific age that something happened, and every, well, both of us be like, "All right, we covered that, we did that." And what I've realized, especially lately, is that, you know what, if it if it's taken twenty years to get here to be able to go into that, it's okay if it takes a couple weeks, right? It takes takes three to four to five, maybe even ten sessions for them to really look around the room and fully process everything that happened, tell that story, know that it's complete, fully integrate that experience and move on. And and that's what we need to do. We tell that story of that experience, body, mind, and spirit. So we don't want to abandon ourselves in our pain and react our trauma by now saying to that hurt part of you that that's unacceptable, right? Um, And that's why I highlighted self-compassion. I agree with the Dalai Lama when he said this. If you want others to have to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compa- practice compassion. Right? I can't speak enough to how important it is to have self compassion and take this time to feel our feelings, to feel felt. Um, but how important it is for you to do that for yourself. Oftentimes, we're looking for others to feel us. I I I I know personally that desire. Uh, how much I thought, well, if I could just. And I did that in a couple podcasts ago when we rise together. I talked to you about how I really thought, well, if my husband would just feel me or sometimes we go back to the past, if my parents will just feel me and understand me now, this would change for me. And what I realized is that, first of all, my husband wasn't with me when a lot of those things happened when I was a child. My child doesn't know him, my inner child, right? Um, My parents are different people than they were when I was a kid. And um, what I really need to do is work with the story that happened for me, right? Even if it, if it was related to parents in that case, right? And so it's super important that I uh, recognize that this is my work to do and that I also tool myself for success. You guys, all of us need healing partners. I have had amazing healing partners come into my life. I have been blessed to be the healing partner of so many people, it is the most sacred experience of my life. If I'm your healing partner through this podcast, uh, it's an honor for me to be part of this journey with you. Um, But what I'm doing is guiding you and how to help yourself, right? You are no longer a victim. And that's the reason why Dr. Edith Edgar's book really meant something to me is that she teaches that, right, is that we all have this life and we have a choice, right? We have a choice um, to move into – our pain and move through our pain to the other side of it and that brings me to the last point of this podcast today that i want to share with you um so once we've stayed with our pain we've allowed it to integrate and heal and we've brought light into it and understanding and we've told our story and we've had compassion hey that happened to you that was painful now you can choose another way of responding right and living from that and let it move to growth and learning for you you're ready for this last piece our pain leads us to our purpose. It's really the law of polarity, right? On If you look at energy, which I actually have uh, learned a lot about in quantum healing, things that I've studied, um, and um, really, uh, you know, energy is just science, you guys. So if you look into it, there's that energy side of healing. Um, but in the opposite side, end of pain is our joy, Right. And so we have pain on one end of a polarity and we have our joy on the other end. And so it's, it's we have to kind of move up that scale. Right? We've got to move up that frequency from our pain to our purpose or to our joy. And that's not something that's magically given to us. We learn uh, through compassion uh, and through experience, right? It was hard for me to understand this concept Um for a, a great time in my life, right? why, why we we want to learn to be mindful and curious about it because when you're still in your pain, it's hard to see your purpose on the other side. And boy, do I know that one. But I want you to ask yourself this question with curiosity. see where you're at in your journey. Who is the person who has brought you the greatest pain? I want you to think about that for a minute. Each one of us has teachers that come into our life, painful teachers even. I want you to look and ask yourself this next question. Has that person who has brought you the greatest pain also been your greatest teacher? Yeah. In the book, Dr. Edgar uh, is now a renowned psychologist. She's speaking all over, and someone asks her to go back to Germany to uh, speak to, um, I think there were a bunch of um, uh, clergy or people that did compassion work Uh, in a religious sense. I can't remember exactly what their roles were, but she speaks to them. um, And she's, she's actually back at like Eagle's Nest in Germany. I've actually been there at the base of the Eagle's Nest as my brother lived in Germany. And so she's there and she, um, she's actually sleeping in the room that one of the, you know, German um, officers had once had. And it's just so much bringing her back. You can only imagine this full circle in her life that now she's helping in this healing process of others, but she's back in the place where she was once a prisoner and people that were once, uh, you know, had power over her and are all of her people. And she realizes that she has to go back to Auschwitz. She calls her family members. People tell her, do do not go there. Do not go back. It will traumatize you. How could you, you know, go back to this place where, you know, both of her parents died um, in Auschwitz the day she entered the camp? But she understands that if she does not go back, she will never be free. She will never be free of it, and that's what I've seen. Some there are some things that we just have to face that we have to go back through. Uh, she goes with her husband. She goes with her her learning, and she walks through and and she she's able to be free of Auschwitz. It, it no longer has any power over her because she's able to face it head on, um, and I think that's a beautiful, uh, poignant part of the book of how she, you know, goes toward it and, and is able to leave it forever. And it leads her to her purpose. Um, this is, this is the part I want to share that she says in her book. So, um, she says this, our painful experience aren't, are not a liability. They are a gift. They give us perspective and meaning and the opportunity to find our unique purpose and our strength. Amen to that, Dr. Edgar. I I, I can only tell you, and I, my painful experiences have been, I think, minimal compared to hers, but I can tell you that every painful experience has been that. It's been my teacher. I'll, oftentimes, people have this view of life that it's about you know keeping safe and playing the rules, and it's about the results. But you guys, it's I personally believe that our life is about having experiences. And those experiences, they either lead us towards growth and learning or they, le- they, they lead us towards bitterness. The Dalai Lama taught me that. Um, and we get to choose which direction we go with them. But as we move into experience and growth, uh, we gain attributes. We gain attributes of love and compassion um, and, and if you think about it, all the greats have been like that. They've had great experience. They've had suffering. And it's, it's refined them and grown them and prepared them uh, to be lovers and teachers of others. Um, and so I want you to think about how maybe your painful experience, if you're on that lower end of the scale and you're still in your pain, have the courage to move toward it and, and, and more into your purpose and see how maybe on the other side, you'll be able to help others that suffer just like yourself or at least be free of it so you can move forward with the great love and compassion and a zest for life that right now you're struggling to find. Um, I think that's, I think that's the, the podcast for today. Sometimes I have to think, is there any more, but one thing I would encourage you to do um, is look into loving kindness meditations. I've mentioned, uh, uh, Kristen Neff on this. Um, but I'd like to end with just a little quick meditation because meditation is something that I often use uh, to help myself move into my shadows. So I'd like, again, meditation, this is for, you know, learning, make sure that if, if this is uh, difficult for you, you take a break, you maybe go talk to someone else. But I want you to see if you can go toward your suffering for a minute. All of us have something that we're suffering from, right? And we'll just use the exercise that we had today. right i want you to stop for a minute and just connect with your breath and i always like to ground i mean you can pause this and take a minute but i kind of imagine a light at the base of my spine going all the way into the center of the earth this is actually the midline of the body it's such a grounding thing and it goes up through the center of your spine and out the top of your head and i often say i'm connected to my highest self you know my highest self and my source for me that is god right through the top of my head And then I'm connected to uh, where I'm at in this earth and this learning uh, as I ground into this experience on the base of my spine. Take a minute and just kind of see that light moving up and down your spine, kind of grounding you, connecting to your breath. And then I want you to take all your awareness inside and just notice what your feelings are. What are you feeling right now? We talked about that pain, the pain that maybe you're experiencing in ways that maybe you've been blocking it, moving away from it, maybe toward it, maybe been against it, pushing it out onto others. And I want you to just notice that non-judgmentally. Can you name some of those emotions? Are they in the category of sadness, anger? Is there some... Is some gladness? Is there some fear? Just notice what comes up for you. And then we're going to move into acceptance. I love and accept those feelings as my own. If they've been handed out to someone else, I want you to kind of imagine pulling them back into you and bringing them back into your space for your learning. That's not yours. That's mine. Maybe You've been projecting that onto your spouse or your child, and I want you to bring that back. No, that's not yours. That's mine. If there's an emotion that's been projected from someone else to you, you can say that's not mine and give it back to them. But still notice your feelings about what happened to you there. (sighs) Take a breath in and out of your nose. I want you to check your body. Where Where have you been storing this in your body? Is it in your is it in your center how does it show up in your body does it show up with tightness maybe heat or cold some people it, it's numbness it's like i can't feel it i don't i can't really orient where it's at just be curious that could also be information for you and maybe you give it a little intention i love and accept this feeling I love and accept my body's story of this feeling. I want you to stay with this feeling for a minute. And just let it tell its story. It's not showing up against you. It's showing up for you. It's trying to show you maybe something, some unfinished business. Maybe there's some beliefs that go with this story for you. What are those beliefs? Are they moving you towards your values or are they moving you away? Are they moving you toward relationships and greater love and compassion or further away? I'd like you to see you in this moment in your experience and then I'd like you to Imagine stepping outside of yourself and just really noticing and loving on you. Like, hey, this is a really difficult experience and you're having. I'm here for you. Bring in that soft, kind voice. Be your own best friend. And in your mind's eye, I'd like you to turn in and think about all the people in your own city, right? In your own town right now that are probably feeling the same feelings that you are right now. How you're not alone in it. How many other people may experience that same thing in your town, in your state, in your country, in the world. In this very moment, how many people maybe share that with you and how you're not alone, that you have this common humanity with others, And then I want you to send love and kindness to them because you know exactly how they're feeling because of your experience. May you be well. May you be whole. May you be at peace. It's my intention for you. May you be safe. May you be whole. May you be well. May you be at peace. May you be safe. And just bring some attention to this little this feeling. Follow it through. You can pause this and stay with it as long as you need to. Take some time to journal about it. Maybe get a sense of what your next step is, how you're going to respond to this feeling. Maybe bring yourself uh, something you need, something that you didn't have uh, when you before. Maybe before when this happened originally in your younger life, or if it's something current, something that you didn't recognize before this moment that you needed, you can be there for yourself now. You're not alone. You're there for you. And when you're ready, I want you to bring all that attention back to the center. Record all that information on your heart and your mind. Put it someplace in your mind where you're going to remember these things. You can go ahead and open your eyes, feel your feet on the floor, wiggle your hands, maybe say your name a couple times. Thank you so much for being part of this journey with me today. I know that healing is not an easy job, and I know it's not an overnight process. It's, it's my passion. It's what I love to do with people. It's something that I'm continually learning about. Remember, humility is the catalyst to all learning. We don't know what we don't know, and that's okay, right? Take that non-judgmental, judgmental stance with yourself, right? You don't know what you don't know. I recognize that um, it's okay to feel your feelings, right? Everyone has them, and we can respond to them as we are able to go toward them and have the courage to feel them and let them move um, up and out and through. Thanks so much for joining me today, and I look forward to the next podcast. I told some of you that I was going to talk about the science of happiness, and that's coming, but I realized that this podcast was necessary first because before we're ready to move into higher energies like gratitude and and happiness, um, there's a stage thing, right? We Sometimes we just need to be where we're at and feel those feelings, and then we're going to be ready to move on and to higher Uh, energies and feelings. So thank you so much for joining me today. And again, I hope you'll uh, look uh, for me for more information on Instagram or Facebook, and I'll talk to you soon.